This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Welcome in to the Believe in the ATP Tour podcast. I'm Jacob Sersosimo, and thank you for joining me today. This is part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? You can follow Believe at at Believe Podcast on social media. Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcast on all your social media accounts. And you can also listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Welcome to my first episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm excited to get going. My name is Jacob Sersosmo. Like I said earlier, um, I'm taking over the Inside Out podcast, sort of tweaking it a little bit that Max Cohen used to do on the Believe Podcast Network. And there's also another tennis podcast, if you're really into tennis, on the Believe Podcast Network. You can listen to Believe in American Tennis with Justin Thompson. That is a great podcast. I've listened to a few myself. And he talks about all things American tennis, not only professional tennis, but he talks college. And he gets into juniors a little bit. And it's a really good podcast if you really want to know what kind of tennis is going on around your area here in the United States or just tennis tennis in general in America. It's a good one to listen to. Um, Today on the podcast, we will talk a little bit about Wimbledon. Um, I know it happened a few weeks ago, but we want to talk about Wimbledon, get the recap on there. Um, Nick Kyrgios, Rafael Nadal have their big rivalry that started a few years ago and now is um, one of the biggest rivalries in the sport. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, Nadal's personal life, we'll get into that a bit. Um, Andy Murray, uh, Andy Murray's back. He is back and better than ever. He is back in the doubles game, hopefully getting back into the singles game at some point. But after taking hip surgery and in the Australian Open last year saying he's done forever, had his kind of farewell tour, as they would say in the NBA, he is back. We will also talk about Simone Halep and Novak Djokovic winning their titles at at Wimbledon. Um, Simone Halep, outstanding tournament. She is now ranked number four. In the world, we'll obviously talk about Novak Djokovic, the Joker, winning his fifth Wimbledon title over the King of Grass, Roger Federer. What a phenomenal tournament that Joker had. Uh, what an unbelievable final. First time they ever went to the tiebreaker in the fifth set. That is something new to Wimbledon this year in 2019. They did it in the first year it was in the rule book. What an outstanding final. I can't wait to talk about that. And that final itself was just phenomenal. Um, we're also going to talk about Gems Life. If you know what Gems Life is, you know. If you don't know what Gems Life is, I'll get you in the secret just a little bit. Um, hopefully, we'll have some time. We'll talk about the City Open a little bit. 
and um, that's about it. So we'll get in that intro podcast right here. Um, hopefully in the future, we will have, actually not hopefully, we will in the future have guests on every week, whether it be former Division Two tennis players, former Division Three tennis players, Division One. Um, we will be talking uh, talking to people inside the tour. We'll be talking to people that follow the tour religiously. Um, we'll be talking to all sorts of kind of people and um, getting their input on the tour. And so you don't have to listen to me just babble about it every week by myself talking to no one. So let's get right into it. Um, I want to talk about the Kyrgios Nadal um, Wimbledon, not controversy, but rivalry. So this is a rivalry that started a few years ago, and it's kind of there. I don't really get it because Nick Kyrgios is rated number 52 in the rankings right now, and Rafael Nadal is number two. So this doesn't, it's not really a rivalry. A rivalry to me is two teams that are really good. I mean, we're t- that are top of the line all the time. So we're talking the Raja Rafa. That's for sure a rivalry. Um, because they're always at the top, right? They're always going to be the same level or one's going to be a little bit above it in the athletic spectrum. Um, We're talking about, you know, Alabama versus LSU in football. That's a rivalry because both teams are always really, really good. Um, We're talking about the Lakers and the Celtics. Both teams are always solid. Those are rivalries. I just threw my pen. I'm so passionate about this. Um, Nick Kyrgios and Nadal, isn't a rivalry. Um, the reason it is is because Nick Kyrgios puts himself in that conversation. Now, I understand Nick Kyrgios is kind of the bad boy in tennis, and I'm going to get to that in a second. But this rivalry is just something they kind of made up out of nowhere. I don't know if they needed a storyline or what it needed to be, but I don't believe this is a rivalry because nine times out of 10, Nadal is going to beat Kyrgios. It's just going to happen. There's no way that Nadal loses nine of those matches out of 10. Nadal is by far the better player. He focuses more um, on Nick Kyrgios post-game press conference. He says, he said that if I put in the work, if I wanted to practice every day, and if I want to put in the time, that's, I would be as good as Nadal. But since I don't do that, I don't believe I'm ready to contend for a Grand Slam title yet. Then what are you doing? Isn't this your job? Isn't this what you do? You travel the world and play tennis? I don't understand why you want to be on the tour and not put in your 100% effort. That doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me. And um, a lot of people say he disrespects the game. I think he does sometimes, but I also think he's pretty good to, pretty good for the game in some aspects. Um, back to Nadal and Kyrgios at Wimby. Um, they, Kyrgios hit Nadal in the chest on a quote-unquote passing shot, hit him right in the chest. Um, was asked to apologize. He said he didn't apologize. Nadal got kind of upset, but Nadal's just kind of a fiery guy the way it is. So I don't think it's a big deal. People try to make it out to be a big deal. Kyrgios didn't think it was a big deal. Um, he also hit an underhand serve uh, that was phenomenal. Won him the point, won him the game, I believe, went fu- or it got him to 3-5. Um, phenomenal. I think it's not illegal. It's kind of funny. I don't hate it. I kind of like it. Um, it gets makes tennis interesting. I think tennis needs that spark. And so um, it needs a little bit of drama. It needs a little bit of spark. And Nick Kyrgios brings that to the game, and he brought it against Nadal. Now I want to talk about Nick Kyrgios by himself. Um, Nick Kyrgios by himself is the bad boy tennis in my eyes, is very entertaining. Um, 
I personally enjoy watching him because he's one of the most talented players on the tour. Just straight gifted um, from birth. He is one of the most talented guys on score, on tour. He's got a great forehand, great backhand, natural serve. Everything he does looks effortless, looks flawless, and he's a lot of fun to fun to watch. He always is getting the crowd involved, um, whether he's yelling at an umpire, which I don't condone, but um, whether he's yelling at an umpire or he's just you know getting the crowd involved, doing trick shots between the legs, he is entertaining. He is like the Gale Monfils, the new Gale Monfils, and a little bit more hardcore than Gail Monfils ever was. And sort of like the Dustin Brown. Um, Dustin Brown's just like that. Um, he's a big entertainer in tennis, the Jamaican man. Um, but I think that is what tennis needs really to get to that next level of entertainment. Um, yes, they sell enough tickets, but to get people to watch tennis on TV, we need this kind of entertainment in the tennis world. And I think this is what Nick Kyrgios can bring to the table. Um, I think if guys like him and Gail Monfils and um, Dustin Brown keep playing in these tournaments and they keep getting primetime matches, this will move tennis up in the ratings and this will become more of a watched sport, especially here in America. Worldwide, I think it's watched pretty religiously, but especially here in America. Now, the other part of that match was Nadal. And so um, the Curios Nadal match at Wimbledon, I want to talk about Rafael Nadal a little bit. Rafael Nadal was in the news the other day, not for anything bad, because Rafael's never in the news for something bad, but for buying a yacht. This was exciting for me and a little bit odd at the same time. I mean, good for him. You got the money, buy the yacht. Um, awesome. But what I don't understand is in the sport of tennis, you are always traveling. Like, you are never not traveling. You are traveling the world to play these tournaments. And the season is long. You're starting in early up in the year, um, in January and February. The Australian Open starts right away. Boom, Australian Open, Australian Open. Play that. Next thing you know, French Open's right around the corner, followed immediately by Wimbledon. And then August into September is the U.S. Open. So when do you have time to be on this yacht? You're constantly traveling the world, being playing in these tournaments and being a front runner in these tournaments. And if you want to hold your ranking, you're playing in these tournaments, Rafa. So, but he goes out and buys this yacht. Now I get it. Rafa probably makes an uncomfortable amount of money in sponsorships and um, probably makes a ton of money playing, you know, in these tournaments and being number two in the world. And he probably has the money just to throw away at this yacht. And I don't know what his full intentions are. Maybe he just bought it for his family to enjoy while he's gone. But Rafa, you're only home every year from September to December. And here in the Northern Hemisphere, the weather's not great. It's not terrible, but it's not great in those months. So I don't understand when you're going to use this yacht. You got enough money to do that. You do your own thing. Let's move on to uh, let's move on to Andy Murray. Um, Andy Murray used to be top four in the world singles. Had a phenomenal career playing singles, and now he is back into the mix, but in doubles. Um, Andy Murray had to have surgery on his hip earlier this year in 2019 in the spring months and has come back to play doubles in Wimbledon. But the interesting thing about this is in the Australian Open, he was like, this could be my last tournament. I hope Wimbledon is my last tournament. I hope I can play in it. I'm not really sure. Well, ended up having this big farewell tour at the Australian Open this year, and everyone's like, Andy, thank you so much. It was kind of a tearjerker, to be honest. And 
all the hype was Andy Murray, Andy Murray, Andy Murray. He's never coming back. He's done. This is sad, which it was kind of sad. One of the big four was gone. Uh, the big four being Joker, uh, Rafa, Roger, and um, Andy Murray. But the big deal was he was leaving, and he never left. Um, he had surgery, came back, and now he's in the double scene. And the other day on an interview, he was talking about hopefully getting into singles, you know, not by the end of this year, but maybe by the end of next year. And um, it's kind of a fake retirement thing. He's pulling a Brett Favre, um, to be honest. And so this kind of was a little bit different, but he came back and played in doubles um, in the Aust- or in the um, Wimbledon and not at the Australian Open. He was hurt in the Australian Open. In Wimbledon, he came back and played doubles, uh, had, a, had a good run, didn't win anything, but he won the tournament um, leading up to Wimbledon. He won the doubles title there, which was phenomenal for him. But he also played with Serena Williams at Wimbledon. So he kind of got the pick of the crop, picked the best women's player on the tour, picked Serena Williams to play doubles with, and they lost. And people are shocked by this. They're like, oh my gosh, Serena and Annie Murray lost in doubles. And I'm over, and people are over here like, yeah, they're not doubles players. Um, anybody that knows tennis knows that doubles and singles isn't the same thing. Um, it's a lot different. A, the game is completely different when you're playing doubles to singles. And so they got beat um, in the later rounds of Wimbledon and didn't win that title, but everyone thought they would just because two singles powerhouses. Um, now he's in America playing in the City Open right now. Um, he will be moving on to um, the U.S. Open, I believe. I'm not. It's not final yet whether he'll be playing mixed doubles or not, but he is playing with his brother Jamie Murray, which is good to see. And Andy Murray might be running into the singles realm here at some point. Um, not sure yet, but we'll keep our eyes on that. Um, looking back into Wimbledon, staying at Wimbledon, um, Simone Halep, Novak Djokovic, phenomenal tournament. Simone Halep crushed Serena in the finals, um, which was decent to see um, a new name get into doubles. But also, Novak Djokovic had a phenomenal tournament. Um, the final match against Roger Federer, he was up, Roger Federer was up 8-7, up a break in the fifth set. The man had a 40-15 to lead in that game. The match on his racket, his 21st title on the tour, Grand Slam title on the tour, and he, and he blew it. Um, he was up 40-15, couldn't punch the ticket, ended up going 12-12, which in the new Wimbledon rules, if it goes 12-12, you go to a tiebreaker, ended up losing the tiebreaker, losing the match. Being runner-up at Wimbledon, Novak Djokovic wins his Fifth Wimbledon title, phenomenal tournament by Joker. Roger should have won. Was devastating for Roger fans, but Roger fans, relax. You still have 20 titles. You'll be fine. Um, let's get into Gem's life a little bit. I'm super excited about Gem's life. Um, this is something that I think I'm going to religiously follow on this podcast, not only because it is so entertaining, but because I love both these people. I love watching them. They're both unbelievable athletes. They are both great humans, um, very entertaining, and I can't get enough of them. It is the master couple between Gail Monfils and Alina Svitolina. This couple is phenomenal. I love it. The Frenchman and the Ukrainian in a power couple. They post videos. They have 85,000 followers. They are phenomenal. I love it. Um, They had a break for a while, and us Gemslice followers were a little out of you know, out of the loop, what's going to go on? Our favorite couple, the first couple of tennis. 
the most important couple in tennis. They're done. But no, they're back. Um, they had a post. He said he's back. Gavon Feast had a funny post on there. They're back. They're better than ever. They're both unbelievable at tennis. They're so amazing. They're so funny. I cannot wait to follow these two more. Um, I will be following them every week on this podcast. Um, two hours ago, actually, they just posted a mirror selfie. said Friday be like. Um, both were in sweats. They look phenomenal. If you want to follow this, it's Gems Life. G.E.M.S. Life. That's what it is. Um, they post pictures together. They go to concerts. They go to festivals. Um, their best is when they post videos. Their videos are hilarious. Um, they like to chirp each other, which is what all couples love to do. Um, it is funny. They're both, they post practice videos. They got a video on there with Roger Federer. Um, everywhere they go, they're posting videos. So if you want to see what these two are up to, Gems Life, follow on Instagram. I'll be following this as well on this podcast, and I'll keep you updated um, on what they do. It's kind of a passion of mine, a little bit, because they're so awesome. Um, now let's get to the City Open. The City Open is in Washington, D.C. This week, it is leading up to the U.S. Open, um, and it's, the drama is there a little bit. Um, it's kind of hard to follow sometimes, but the City Open is something that is one of the best Opens and the first Open in America before the U.S. Open. So uh, today on Friday, uh, Kyle Edmonds going to play in the quarters. The quarters is today um, to get to the semifinals. Big names in there. Met Medvedev is in there. Edmund, uh, Chilich, Kyrgios, uh, Pass is the one seed. And these are some of the biggest names in the semi or in the quarterfinals uh, next week when I when I have the podcast. Hopefully there will be a champion and we can talk about that a little bit. Um, my favorite in this would probably be Stefanos Sitsipas. Um, I think I think Sitsipas is one of the next big things in tennis. He is absolutely phenomenal. He the way he plays is one hand backhand. He's lengthy. He can get to everything. He's quick. He's tall. He can serve his backhand. His I mean, everything he does, settle in nice, soft hands on his forehand or on his volleys. Um, and I think he is probably the next big thing right behind um, Zverev in tennis. But obviously, we have to wait for the big three to get out of there. Um, the Roger, the Rafa, the Novak. And who knows if Andy Murray's coming back. That's going to be something else we need to follow. And then we can't get past Andy Murray. Who knows what's going on in that guy's life? Um, so, uh, Pass, I think he's great. Uh, actually, in this tournament, something I didn't point on earlier with Kyrgios is Kyrgios and Pass are actually playing doubles in the in the Open, in the City Open, which is pretty funny, I think. Uh, these two are phenomenal. I believe they already lost, which they did. Yes, they lost first round. They played... Um, Farah, Farah and Kabul, who are the Colombians who also, um, are phenomenal. They're number one seed and they lost first round. Uh, once again, phenomenal singles players in the doubles realm just can't hold up. Um, the Murrays are still in it. Yes, they will play today. Um, the Bryan brothers are still in it. A couple big names. Um, other than that, not a whole lot of talent at the city open. I think the big names are skipping it. And they're all going to go to Montreal. And Montreal starts on Saturday, August 3rd. We'll go till August 11th. 
Um, and that'll be another one that we'll be following close next week. That is an ATP 1000. So that will do it for the first week of Believe in the ATP Tour. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can follow us on social media accounts at Believe Podcast, B-L-E-A-V Podcast, on all social media accounts. Um, remember to find us at Believe.com for all the other podcasts that Believe offer. Uh, every sport, The Bachelor, Yoga, all of it, Believe has it all. And remember to follow me on social media at JJ Sersosimo on Twitter. Make sure you get in those comments and you tweet at me um, different ideas, uh, things about Jem's life, things about um, the rivalry um, between Kyrgios and Nadal, uh, what you think of Nadal's yacht, anything. You can tweet anything at me. Um, I want to hear ideas from you guys. I want to make sure we're getting the right content out there. Also on Instagram at Jacob Sersosimo. Um, DM me. Let me know what you think of the show. And um, I just want to know anything about tennis that I may not have covered. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.